Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Taurus Talk here at SG Taurus. I'm your host, Matt LePan. We're continuing our talks here at Epic 2023, put on by EGIA and Contractor University. And right now we have a really special one. We have two EGIA faculty members and the founders of Flow Odyssey. It's Drew Cameron and Russ Horrocks. And these are names that you already know, but guys, we're really excited to have you on. Thank you both for taking out the time out of your busy schedule to hop on with us. Bet. Glad to be here. Thanks. And always you know, good to be with Russ. So. Yeah. For anyone who might not know who you are, I'm not sure too many people, but can you just give a brief background to, to who each of you are and how you got to the positions you're at? Yeah. So I have been training, coaching salespeople, technicians now for, I don't know, 24th year. Been in the industry almost 30 now. And uh, it's just something I get to do, love to do. It's a passion for me. I love to see people figure out things a lot quicker than I did. Mm-hmm. You know, if I... Get, get, can get someone to where I was in two years. It took me 30 years to get here. That's pretty exciting. So I, I think my focus has always been on the, the whys behind what we do. And, and so I got to work with Drew now for about 12 years, and we uh, found in each other like-minded, and uh, we've had a lot of fun over the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, I, I grew up in the trades. I tell people that. I mm-hmm. officially started at age 12, but I probably <laughs> started, I started before that emptying trash cans and cigarette ashtrays mm-hmm. and things like that in the family business. So over 50 years, but uh, 46 officially, you know, out in the field. Like I said, grew up in the trades, worked in every aspect of the business, sold the business back in 96, worked for the utility that bought it, and then went for, worked for service experts for 18 months after that as well. And then in 99, kind of jumped out and started doing my own thing and, and been doing that ever since. And the idea being is that we want to, you know, we've always kind of had the vocational aspect of wanting to grow the businesses and and whatnot, uh, but it's been more so the last several years that you know, when you know, really connecting and working with Russ is that we really want to grow the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to. We realize that growing the bowl and the sales and the businesses is really a product of you know developing the people, and so we've really kind of made that our spin uh, here the last few years. And then I happen to also be a co-owner of a company called uh, Energy Design Systems. It's a software company that uh, you know, we both work with, and this is going to be our year to develop some more tools beyond what we have. For contractors to create a better experience in the home. That sounds amazing. And like I said, I think pretty much everyone out there listening knows who the two of you are. And that's why we're so excited to have you on. And we're going to talk today about how you can utilize tried and true methods to continue to build your business, but also supplementing them with some of the new things and giving a more complete sales and marketing approach. And I want to start kind of in the home, Russ, I want to chat with you real quick. And when someone goes into a home, that process has changed so much in the past three years. What you were doing four years ago is ancient history because everything has had to change. But what are some of the old methods that you don't need to change and how can people still leverage those to give a supreme customer experience? I think uh, last year in 2022 is probably my personal, one of my biggest growth years in a long time. So many things changed and happened. It forced us and allowed us the opportunity to get better at what we do. So. But I love the question. I think that's been a big focus of ours lately is how do we navigate this incredibly changing world? We have all these uh, different players. We have technology coming in. And I think the best way I can summarize that is pay attention to that. Great people, smart people are building amazing tools. Use them. Adopt them. But I think beyond that, I think it's nothing's going to replace the importance of connecting in the home. Yeah, when you're in the home face-to-face, eye-to-eye, the person that has the skill to do that the best will win. 
you put a 100-year-old golf club in a professional golfer's hands, he's going to hit an amazing shot because he knows how to hit amazing shots. If you put someone skilled at working with people in the home, I don't care what tools they have, they're going to give that customer an amazing experience. So I think the tried and true fundamentals you're referring to are the ability to build trust, to make people feel safe, to educate with impact and not pressure, to just do something that's so unique that makes people feel compelled to say, this is where I want to put my money. People come in with the, the fancy technology without those skills, they're not going to win very often in the home. Yeah, and the no pressure thing, is, I think one that with some of the emerging technologies has really become, if you do this now, if you hit this button right here on my iPad, then you'll get it. And people kind of, you see the wide eyes go out you, and the person's like, oh, but what about this one? But building that trust is, is so important. And being in, a, in someone's home, like I said, over the past three years has become a big deal to a lot of people. What are some of the methods that you've used and you've seen, especially in the past year or two, in terms of building trust that have really kind of hooked people in the home? I think one of the things I like to to teach technicians and salespeople first and foremost is how to prove intent. Uh, Mm -hmm. We call them statements of alignment, proof of intent. How do we get them to know that all the things they're afraid that we weren't going to be, we're not. You know, when, when people call us to the home, they prepare themselves. And most of us have bad mm-hmm. experiences with salespeople. We prepare ourselves. We're ready to fight, to battle. Mm-hmm. And, and so I love to go into home and prove there's nothing to fear. I'm on your team. I, my only agenda is to help you. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you can do that, you create the safe environment, and now you can become an effective communicator, an effective educator. And we've had, we've had technology for a long time. We've had these tools. And, and interestingly, people don't often trust those tools, especially if they question the source. So if I come in a home and I can't display that I'm on your team and I have these great you know, gadgets and tools, they're not going to believe the source mm-hmm. no matter what. So again, it's this dual you know, parallel effort, adopting technology, embracing it, but never losing sight of just the, the fundamental human interactive uh, truths that have been you know, around forever and will continue to stay around. So I find this year that people connect in the same way they always have. They trust in the same way they always have. I prove intent the same way I always have, and we beat our competition the same way we always have. So, yeah, I was talking with Jeff Madelich for kind of the kickoff of the whole week, and I said to to some folks the word app or technology; those are four letter words. So you you got to still build that trust and get in the home. But Drew, kind of shifting to your side, you can't get in the home if people don't know who you are. Yeah, and I know I can say I've been guilty of this at times of becoming over-reliant on the new emerging technologies. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into a little bit later how you can supplement your marketing efforts with those. But if you aren't really bulletproof on your your tried-and-true methods, you're not going to get in that home, right? No. I mean, I think like Russ is saying, if if there's a lack of trust in you and, and your people as an organization, then... It doesn't matter, you know, what you say in your marketing and advertising, right? It's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I basically talk about internal perception. What we say about ourselves has to match outside reality, what the homeowners in the marketplace says about us, right? Back in the day, you know, at Cameron and Sons and, and the other companies that I've worked at and have even consulted and coached with, and even where Russ has worked, you could say what your brand was, right? And people typically, you know, kind of, they, they bought in that, you know, that message to some mm-hmm. extent. Because you own your brand. Right. You don't own your brand now. The public owns your brand. Mm-hmm. And they will dictate what your brand actually stands for, no matter what you say in, in the face of marketing and advertising. 
So yeah, I, I think you have to make sure that there's alignment. In, internal perception has to match outside reality. And I don't think, I think there's still a lot of companies out there that are basically saying, you know, this is who we are and this is how we advertise and this is what we say that we are. But there's a disconnect because, you know, as we talk about, the customer is an author and a critic. They mm-hmm. have the power of the review on social media, right? And, and they can undo anything that you say, oh, yeah. you know, radio, television, billboards, marketing, advertisements, you know, and the newspaper print. Well, yeah, I mean, we all know, especially reviews and how important they've become. And, and you know, one one-star review sometimes undoes 10, 50, 100 five-star reviews because it's the most recent one. If that's the first thing people see, they're not going to continue to scroll down. They're going to look and say, they must have changed something because there's that one-star review. So, Possibly. like you said, it's, it's you know. Yeah. You got to create that perception, but how in terms of, of internally, right? And you have this experience. How do you get your team in line with this is who we are. This is how we're going to communicate it. But you need to kind of not just get in line and kind of communicate the same way, but live that. Because if you get people to live that message, mm-hmm. the message is going to come across more strongly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very simple. It's very, it's very interesting for us. Every business that we go to that is struggling uh, to be profitable or grow uh, typically is lacking in one of these areas. And it is the fundamentals of business. It is vision, mission, purpose, and core values. Those are the foundational cornerstones, if you will, of a business that can grow and scale. Because that says who we are, uh, what we stand for, how we will communicate and interact with each other, but also how we'll communicate and interact with the marketplace. And, and how we'll serve each other. And it should be inspirational and aspirational. That vision should be, we want to be something you know, bigger than who we are and be part of something bigger than, than who we are and something that, you know, that we can buy into. So it's inspirational and aspirational. And if I find something that's inspirational and aspirational, then I get motivated, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's for myself, right? Because I want to be part of this thing. I want to make that impact. I want to make that difference. Russ, kind of, kind of piggybacking on that, how do you get the folks that you're you're giving that inspiration to to show that in the home right because you need to carry your message through from internal to external to get that good review to get that referral business where they tell their friends this was the best experience i've had with an hvac company how do you get it through from internal to external language yeah it's interesting you know i hear owners say to the salesman you know go out there don't leave money on the table we got to fill a crew and they fill the salesman with all this these uh, outcome-based objectives. Mm-hmm. So the salesman goes in the home and says to the homeowner, how can I help you? But their mind's swimming with, I need to have success. And what happens is cognitive dissonance. The customer sees uh, uh, someone vocalizing something they don't actually believe. Mm-hmm. And so we try to work with uh, salesmen and technicians to say, look, you have to appear to focus internal, external. So I never said to my people, go out there and sell. I say, go out there and execute, master the moment, make sure that that customer every second knows they have the purity of your focus and we'll trust the outcome is what it should be. And I think if you use that language from the entire start to finish, you start to cultivate this real culture of success. And we have teams that uh, have connection ratios, 40, 50, 60, 70%, because they're using the proper language at all times and never you know, getting that, that conflict of messaging out there. Yeah, look, we all want the, the best results. In fact, the best salespeople are the most competitive, mm-hmm. but we have to make sure that our desire for an outcome motivates our training, 
but during the execution, the outcome never interferes with, with the execution. So that's really kind of how we motivate leadership, to motivate culture, to build culture, and to send um, these men and women out there at their absolute best at all times. Yeah, it's really interesting the, the thought behind that of go out and execute. Because like you said, if you're saying to someone, go sell, go sell, go sell, go make money, go make money, they're not putting the best interest of the homeowner that they're sitting in front of out there. I guess and it's going to know it. Exactly. Homeowners have become so perceptive right. and so picky on who they're choosing. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing, right? Because it's going to, and already probably has eliminated some of those folks that are go sell, go sell, go sell, make the, make that dollar no matter what. And give you more, you know, give more market share to the people who are working on building culture and building their building up their people within their business and building up their homeowners and building up the people who are putting their trust in them to, to kind of change their lives, right? Because it's so funny, it's cliche, but it's, it's always gonna be true. Everyone needs heating and air conditioning in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Can't live without it. You, you don't see any, any home in any place in really anywhere in the world that doesn't have some form of heat or cooling in their house. And so, you know, that, that's kind of a, I don't, you know, that's a shift for a lot of people, but I think that go execute. You know, you've heard that from so many different places. Why not put it into your selling? That's kind of where I learned that. John Wooden talked about he never taught his kids mm -hmm. to win. He taught them to execute. And that period of focus allowed them to never feel the pressure of the outcome. But I, I just think, uh, you know, there's a place in the market where businesses are trying to be profitable. And they tell their people, go sell it all. It's kind of a scorched earth mentality. Mm -hmm. Go win it today or lose it forever. We don't care because we're going to make money. If that's your approach, knock yourself out. We've always believed in, we believe every customer deserves to have an amazing experience with the best company. And if we need to come back and visit with them a second or third time to help them have that experience to come to a place where they feel like they can make a confident decision, we, we want to give them that opportunity. We want to work with them. I mean, I'm super competitive. I want to win every single customer's business. I knock on that door. So I don't like, I, I personally don't like the scorched earth method. I know a lot of companies do it. Yep. Uh, it makes them profitable, but I'd rather be profitable a different way. That's just kind of where we might differ than a lot of uh, consultants out there. Is we really want to make sure that the people, and I think a big part of it is when you talk about you have to work two-thirds of your life, we want people not just to love what they do, but the way that they do it. Yeah, to definitely. go home at the end of the day and say, you know, I'm proud of my behavior today. What I said, what I did, I wouldn't take a, a single word back. So many people that are part of the scorched earth business models, while profitable personally, they're empty mm -hmm. and they're frustrated and they're not mm -hmm. happy with their behavior. And they talk about how they had to push someone to the limit where they had to kick them out of their home. And they thought I did my company's job the way they wanted, but I feel like I feel horrible. I'm unfulfilled. And yeah, imagine they, somebody coming and doing that to your husband, your wife, your partner, exactly. your kid. You know, it's, it's you kind of got to take that approach of, I want to treat someone how I would want to be treated. Again, the age old adage, yeah. treat people the way you want to be treated, sell to people the way you want to be sold to at the same time. Yeah. You're kind of shifting back to, we had a conversation before we came on here about, you know, kind of uh, really honing in on some of the, the methods that people have used for a long time. And there was a, a line that you gave me that I kind of, my head popped back a little bit because I hadn't heard it put that way before. When it comes to what I guess people are calling traditional marketing as opposed to digital, what is the, the best 
approach to take in terms of utilizing that style of marketing? Well, I think it kind of goes back to the, to the sales side. And we use the term sales because you know it and you understand it and most people you know, do. But really marketing, I mean, sales is an extension of marketing, mm-hmm. right? Because we never have sold anything to anybody, right? People choose to buy, they choose not to buy. So it's really messaging and messaging is marketing, right? So in essence, if we, if we could get rid of the mindset of selling, because you never have sold anything to anybody, nor will you ever, right? People choose to buy, they choose not to buy. Mm-hmm. So I have to, get, I have to get my message, right? I have to connect. And so you kind of, you've, you've kind of re- referenced the line a couple of times, like, you know, something, you know, age old, you know, adage or something like that, right? It's a tale as old as time, mm-hmm. right? It's about two humans coming together. You know, one has a need, one maybe has the ability, you know, products and services to fulfill a need. And it's how do we connect and do we connect, right? So if you think about it from that perspective, Begin with the end of mind. People don't want your things, right? They want the outcome of the things, right? So I've got to basically connect with them and, and fall in love with them and their problem as a provider, right? So I have to you know, find out what customers' issues, wants, wishes, needs, and desires are, and then say, okay, how do I put a message out there? Well, I think you've got to be very human-oriented. You've got to speak to them. Most traditional marketing and advertising that you see out there is all ego-driven. Mm-hmm. And the people who create it play off the ego, either purposely or unknowingly. And they put the logo top, you know, top of the ad, mm-hmm. right? Top left, possibly. Yep. And you know, uh, it's all about the company first. And really, the, there should be a headline. That's 80% of the draw, whether it be a question or a compelling statement, to intrigue the customer. Because it should be about the customer. It should be about the reader, the audience. And so you get that first, right? Your name and your anything about your company is the least important thing in the ad. It should be at the bottom of the ad, right? right? Your contact information at the bottom of the ad. You can even create advertising now, as you well know, that can drive to the website because most people are probably going to go to the website before they call the phone number, mm-hmm. unless it's a direct you know call to action you know marketing piece. But you know most of the ad should be really directed towards the humans, right? The people that we serve. It shouldn't be about products and services and the things. Because people don't want our things. It's like a big screen television. You don't yeah. want a big screen television. You want an immersive experience in the game or the movie. You get a television, right? Right. So Yeah. It, you're never selling someone the box. Right. You're selling someone on the experience and the people behind the box. Especially in our world, in, mm-hmm. in the HVAC world, nobody ever wants to buy. A, they don't want to buy a furnace. They don't want to buy an air conditioner. They don't want to buy an air handler. They don't want to buy any of that stuff. They need to have that, but they want to buy, again, getting back to a little of what Russ was talking about, they want to buy you. They want to buy your salesperson. They want to buy your company. So before that, yeah, I mean, to, you know, to that end, right, it's like, and we talk about this all the time, when a customer, and I just did a, an event uh, with the iMarket group, and you know, I spoke on that stage and said the exact same thing. Right? When people call us, or they fill out your web form and email mm-hmm. or whatever it is, right, and they contact us, they, they don't want a problem solved, they don't want a cheap price, they don't want a proposal, they don't want a quote, they don't want to fix, they don't want to replace, they don't want your products and services. What they simply want is information. They want your expertise. They pretty much feel that if, if given good information, they can probably make a good decision for themselves, their home, their family, and their bank account. Right? And that's the key, right? Is what, what Russ is talking about is that information has to come across as trustworthy because if I don't believe the source, I don't trust the source, it doesn't matter how good and truthful the information is. I just don't believe you. Even if you're referencing like industry organizations and whatnot, I just, I just don't trust you. So if we get to the mindset of our job is to give customers good information so they can make good decisions and then trust the process, 
that they'll make a good decision. I think it, it becomes pretty obvious when you finally do connect with somebody, you can put so many bricks on your side of the scale with the information, the tools, the technology, some of that you know, digital stuff that we talked about a little earlier as well. But if you don't have that connection with a human being, it doesn't matter about all that. Right? And so we've got to connect with people. Absolutely. And, you know, you kind of touched on it there. It's, and we've talked about it a little bit. It's supplementing mm-hmm. with technology because the, the experience is, is really what's there. But you also said, again, when we were talking before, when you're trying to get someone's attention, mm-hmm. your brand, your website, your phone number is the least important thing. Mm-hmm. But you need to be in front of that person. And you, the, the terminology you used was it needs to interrupt their life, I believe. Disrupt. Disrupt their, disrupt life. their life. Sorry. Right? It needs to disrupt their life. And when you say that just out loud, you think, oh, I don't want something to disrupt me. Mm-hmm. But can you, can you get into a little bit of, of what's behind that and how disrupting someone's life, that's not a negative thing no. when you're saying it this way. No, because again, I'm trying to be impactful. I'm trying to be meaningful. I'm trying to get them to think about their lives and their family, their you know their comfort, their safety, you know their bank accounts, you know their, um, you know, their children, you know their their ability to connect in a safe and, and comfortable place, right? So I mean, that's really what it is that we do. We're, we're we were deemed essential services just a couple of years right. ago, which was a pretty cool term, right? And so nowadays, you know, uh, you know, fast forward. What I want to do is I want to be disruptive. What I found back, you know, in the day. Um, in the 90s prior to all this digital technology that's out there yellow pages were the the primary driver for the service business Mm -hmm. and you know for many people that's what it was for the longest time maybe it was the only thing that really drove their business but the problem with the yellow pages or what we call the you know the competition pages was i don't see anything about your company in your ads until i have a need and i go looking in that one place right well that's where everybody went. And of course, then all your competition was there too. But you were out of sight, out of mind until I had that need, mm-hmm. you know, for, uh, for the most part. Later on, they started allowing you to advertise on the, the binder of the book and on the cover of the book. Yep. And so maybe you were seen, but most of that was in a drawer in a cabinet somewhere. Fast forward to today, we got all these pixels and digital technology out there. You're just a digital technology in a you know, computer box now, right? And you're out in the ether space. And so again, you can put retargeting ads out there. You can put, you know, banner ads out there. You can put all kinds of stuff on the internet, you can put out stuff on social media, you know, as well. But if I'm not thinking about those things, you know, those tend to be kind of just noise in the background, not even probably even sin, because I have a kind of a very myopic view. I might be searching for clothing or grocery or supplements online or, or something like that, or, you know, reading about my, my, my industry, uh, you know, that I happen to be in, some person happens to be in. Um, and I don't see anything about my heating and air conditioning system. And I'm not even thinking about it, so I definitely, I'm definitely not even interested in my day, right? But, Every piece of mail that comes to your mailbox, a human touches, yep. even if it's to throw it away. Right? You, you drive down the highway, you, you, you may be oblivious to the billboard, but it probably subconsciously catches you. Radio, television is the same thing. It's disruptive in your life. It's out there in your day-to-day life. You can't not see it or hear it or be somewhat exposed to it, even if it's subconsciously. But the digital stuff, again, I just don't see it. Right? Here's the interesting thing. Your stuff that you disrupt my life with may cause me to, to, you know, to reach out to you. Mm-hmm. For example, we've, we just dropped a major campaign for a lot of our clients. A lot of these homeowners weren't even thinking about heating and air conditioning, but they got an offer. Like, Whoa, you know, I wasn't thinking about this, but this offer's got me in the marketplace now, right? So I disrupted their lives and I created an opportunity. But prior to that, if I would not done that, they weren't calling us or anybody, right? So we can make that happen. The cool thing is, is like, if I did that, 
They may then go to the website, social media, and they may learn more about me. And then they may search air conditioning, you know, repair or air conditioning replacement Philadelphia, where I'm from, and they may then find other people as well. But it's that other piece that, you know, that tried and true, uh, right. old fashioned stuff as some people like to call it, <laughs> right? It actually wor still works. And I think it's not an either or strategy. The problem is most contractors nowadays are chasing the shiny objects with all this digital stuff and they're dumping the lion's share into the digital stuff like they used to in the yellow pages. Here's the interesting thing. My friend Adams Hudson from Hudson Inc. told me years ago, which is a HVAC, well, home services marketing company. Contractors back in the day of yellow pages, back in the late 90s, uh, even into the early 2000s, were number ninth in spend in the yellow pages and they ranked wow. 150th in results. Wow. And I think there's a lot of contractors out there uh, that are spending a ton of money on social media and digital marketing and advertising that aren't getting the results at, you know, to the place where I think if you, it was ranked, we're one of the biggest spenders and have horrible results. Definitely. Yeah. And it's funny because, like you, like you said, that disruption is going to hit your subconscious. It's going to mm -hmm. hit your subconscious. There are so many disruptors in the digital space that they don't even hit your subconscious anymore because it's, you know where to look. You know exactly where your, where your content that you're looking for is going to be. You can be looking for, like you said, say you're looking for a supplement. Well, there's going to be a banner ad at the top. There's probably going to be three banner ads on the right-hand side. When you scroll, there's probably going to be a banner ad at the bottom. You're not going to look at any of them. But if you... In your subconscious, like you said, even if you looked at the, the mailer and said, don't need it now, it went in the trash. Mm -hmm. Then you're driving down, you know, for, I'm up outside of Austin, you're driving down the Mass Pike, you see a billboard and you go, I saw those guys in the mail. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you're on any website, you look and you say, hey, wait a minute, those are the guys I saw here and here. Yeah. You might not need them right now, but when you do need them, you're going to go, oh, who are those guys that I got their mailer? Yeah. Then I saw their billboard. Then I, then I saw them on social you go, media. You go dig the mailer out of the trash. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or it's like some people, you have a, a pile, a stack of offers that you've gotten in the mail, yeah. or it's in a drawer. or And like you said, once you go and you dig that out and you go, ah, here it is. And I hired you... three people to ship my home from drug mailers. Nobody but, from digital mail marketing. All three came from in my mailbox. Yeah, now, you might find somebody, I might go search you, and then all of a sudden come across the name, I'm like, I know I know these people, but I don't know how I know them, right? But it's all that other stuff that you, know, that you disrupted our lives with that got to them when I wasn't disrupting them. I was findable, because in the digital space, I had to be findable mm -hmm. when you go search for me, right? But that's the key, is it should be you connect back to my life from the, the actual, not my life, right? The, not, the, the pixels online are out there in the ether space, right? And, yep. and so where we exist is in this real world, with radio, television, billboard, transit wraps, your vehicle wraps, right? Direct mail, uh, newspaper, um, magazines, all that kind of stuff. So we got to connect the two spaces. Yeah, and you know, kind of connecting what we've talked about, whether it be the sales side or the marketing side, is when you get into the digital, and especially when you get into social media, don't jam your social media full of what you sent them necessarily in the direct mailer. Correct. Don't try to say to them, we're going to sell you this when we come to your home. This is where you build the trust with. Here is Drew. He's worked for our company for 12 years. Congratulations on 12 years. 
we were ranked, you know, we were ranked with a 4.8 star rating on Google. Check out our services today. You build the trust because you're using it not to sell, but to deliver a better message. And that kind of tie, that's where it really ties it all back together. Yeah, the term we use is people have been weaponizing these things in the last mm-hmm. year or two. Yep. Rebates, price increases, incentives. And the first thing I do when I walk into home, whether it's in response to a mailer or anything, or they call it in for rebates, I always start with, let's explore it. Before we do anything else, yep. what questions do you have? And then my goal is to get to a point to say to them, look, I know that you called for these reasons. I, uh, we have access. If there's any money out there that you can save, we're going to find it. However, would it be okay if we looked at all the options? There might be some other approaches that make more sense and could actually save you money. Are you okay if we really focus on the correct solution? And the psychology that's so powerful because people yep. go, he's not hitting me over the head with it. He's actually using some passionate restraint to, to want to help me first, and then let's see how the money plays out. And it's just a really powerful psychology. So anytime I respond to a, a homeowner's request from a marketing piece, or I heard that there's incredible rebates right now, the IRA, whatever it may be. I always start by creating a safe environment to say, look, what brings us out here in the first place? How can we help you? And then those things can come in and have such a greater impact. Mm -hmm. So many salespeople just use them wrong. They weaponize them. They use it as a pressure, a source of pressure, and then people don't feel safe. When they don't feel safe, they don't trust. They don't trust. They don't hear. They don't hear. They don't listen. They're not educated. They close off. They're not compelled. So we get calls all the time. We have such incredible state-sponsored programs right now. We have the best price we've ever had. We've got the most, the greatest incentives. Well, why is nobody making a decision? We ride with their people in the field, and guess what we see? They're weaponizing it, and people do not want to be part of that. That's yeah. human nature. Yeah, you don't want to have, you don't want to have somebody play your emotions against you when you're trying to get something that, again, you said it, essential. You don't want them to weaponize your feelings and technology and your money against you, Mm -hmm. you want to trust them that they're going to use your emotions, your need, your essentials and your money in the best way to help you, not to, not to just sell you. Yeah. I mean, the the highest incentives that we tend to know in any market sector for any product or services tend to come from the best things or the most expensive things that are out there. And like, I think what us is saying is that, Sometimes that doesn't make sense, you know, mm-hmm. for a customer, right? And we basically say it doesn't, you know, don't, don't chase the promotion, don't chase the rebates, don't chase the incentives. You know, do what you want to do, do what makes sense, what feels good and feels right and is going to serve a need, solve a problem. And then if there's some incentives out there, then it may, you know, maybe it helps. Maybe it makes you consider doing it sooner rather than later too, right? But it might help you choose one versus another. Yeah. But the, the, the psychology, the power of the timing is the, the critical thing. Yeah. And so many companies get that wrong. They, they walk in and they have these clubs, mm-hmm. price increases, IRA, rebates, incentives, marketing, and they start clubbing the customer and yeah. they just shut down and withdraw. And once they withdraw the emotion, they can no longer make a decision. You've talked about weaponizing. Weaponizing IRA and efficiency rebates and new efficiencies and this and that, just like you said, clubbing people over the head. Mm-hmm. Again, when you, when you see the, the shoulders kind of curl up and the eyes go wide, yeah. You've lost them, and that's because you've weaponized these things and, and lost that trust. And again, it starts with your marketing, and it goes through to your sales team. It starts with the internal and goes to the external. I think that's the biggest takeaway here is build within your own team what you want your message to be through your marketing, through your sales, and 
the success is going to be there because you're going to get the trust. You're going to get the emotion from people that they want to be a part of your team. Not they want to buy from you. Not they want, you know, like I said, they don't want to buy the box from you. They want to buy into you. And, you know, kind of making that flow from beginning to end. It's, it's not an easy thing to do, but you got to start at some point. Otherwise, the folks that are doing it are going to pass you by. Agreed. I mean, it's about just being on message, right? I mean, we say sales and marketing, those terms are in the business. I think, unfortunately, they've, they've been you know, broken apart and kept somewhat separately. And then people say, okay, well, we got to get alignment between sales and marketing. I think if we actually just unified the statement, just called it messaging, it'd be a lot easier for businesses to kind of, you know, get on message, mm-hmm. right? And making sure that that message aligns with, you know, customers. It's, it's the same thing with uh, why we don't use closing ratio, we use connection ratio. Make sure that your language supports the real effort. You know, the more you try to close, everyone that's in sales knows the less you success you have because people identify it as something that's not comfortable. The more you can connect with people, different types of buyers, the more they'll choose to do business. So our, our, um, our analytics say connection ratio. Mm-hmm. And it's just learn to connect with different types of buyers, different types of communicators, different types of situations. The landlord, the house flipper, the real estate agent, the marketing lead, the tech turn. You just learn how to connect with different people that have different values and different ways of communicating. So that's just an example of making sure the messaging, the language is consistent. Otherwise, your customers, I mean, every one of our customers has been reading people since the time they could walk and talk. Mm-hmm. If you come in there and your messaging is not consistent, from your company, from your internal messaging to your outward expression, the customer's gonna see it and they're not gonna like it. And that lower brain of theirs is gonna to come to the defense and say, whoa, there's something not going on here we, we don't like. And I, we, I sit every day writing with salesmen and technicians. They have good news, they have, they have good information, good observations, but they deliver it wrong and it all goes to waste. All right, we mentioned at the very beginning, Flow Odyssey, you two, the founders of Flow Odyssey. Can you just clue people in if they don't know what it is? What is Flow Odyssey? How can they start utilizing it? And what is it going to do for their business? We used to be HVAC Solutions, right? S E L L U T I N S. And the idea was like, you know, improving sales, right? And that was kind of the vo- you know, focus on the vocation. And what we realized, uh, you know, just a few years ago was it just, it didn't feel right to us and it didn't, it wasn't in alignment with what we did anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I experienced, uh, you know, a personal journey experience of, uh, you know, heart attack and sudden cardiac arrest, the first day of vacation. And so the idea be, you know, became, you know what, let's, let's shift. Let, let's talk about who we are and, mm-hmm. and how we want to show up and how we want to connect with people. And, and, and so it, flow is another term for peak performance. And Odyssey is your journey, your personal journey, your spiritual journey, right? And so it's your personal or spiritual journey to peak performance. We figured if we impacted the individuals, right, as people first, and then worked on their role, they would get better. And if the individuals get better, the business gets better. So that's kind of how it came about. You know, how you can find us is at flowodyssey.us online. So it's flowodyssey.us, if you will. But, you know, how, how can they start utilizing it? Well, obviously, you know, you, you, you become a part of EGIA. Russ and I are a big part of that with the yep. faculty and the training that we do, both in the classroom, virtually by live streaming, recorded content, and, uh, and just online content that's uh, accessible. And then um, we haven't announced it yet, but we'll kind of have a coming out party here, if you will. Uh, you know, later this year, we're going to do our first event. We've, gonna, we've never done a public event together directly through Flow Odyssey. We've done it through manufacturers and distributors and other partners, uh, but we're going to do our uh, own event in the fall. It's awesome. going to be a, a very high-level event. 
Yeah, and hey, we love breaking news here onto our stock. And it's flowodyssey.us. Make sure to go check it out. I mean, you, you've heard the information here, whether you're listening to Tour Stock for the first time or for the 250th time. The information we're getting today is second to none. It's Drew Cameron and Russ Horrocks. Guys, thank you both so much. We really appreciate you taking the time. Live here from Caesars Palace at, at Epic 2023. You mentioned EGIA. We're working with them all week and trying to get out great content like this because if people just start looking into EGIA and Contract University a little more, they're going to realize they're getting information from you know trainers like yourself and, and faculty members like the two of you that can just give top-notch information and it's there. Start looking for it. Start signing up for Contract University. You'll get great information from folks like Drew and Russ. And again, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Thanks for having us. You bet. And again, we want to thank Drew and Russ for coming on. We want to thank all of you out there for tuning in. Stay tuned. We have more coming from Epic 2023. A lot more folks out here to talk to and just a lot more conversations to be had. So stick with us for the rest of the week. As always, subscribe to the podcast anywhere you can find a podcast. Just search Tours Talk and you'll find us. Follow along on social media for updates here from Epic 2023 and from SG Tours throughout the year. And as always, catch all of our podcasts on our website, sgtours.com, backslash Tours Podcast, or on our app. I want to thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Tours Talk. <laughs>